Hey guys, I'm Raf. And I'm James. On today's episode, The Psychiatrist's Guide to E-Cigarettes. cooler yeah i swear (laughs) hey rep so what is an e-cigarette exactly so according to the national cancer institute An electronic cigarette is a device that has the shape of a cigarette, cigar, or pen and does not contain tobacco. It uses a battery and contains a solution of nicotine, flavorings, and other chemicals, some of which may be harmful. So basically, it's something that looks like a cigarette, but there's no tobacco. There is nicotine, but instead of smoking, you know, tobacco leaves that have been grinded up and put into a a tube with a filter on it, Mm -hmm. you're smoking... Vapors from a little capsule of juice, essentially, right, that yeah. you you buy and you put into the uh, device. And then yeah. you use it up. And then when the little juice capsule is done, you throw it out, you put another juice capsule in, essentially. Yeah, exactly. And the original e-cigarettes uh, actually looked like cigarettes. Like Some of them literally. still do. Yeah, exactly. But now the more commonly used ones, like the Jewel, for example, looks like a pen or like a USB drive. It's like more inconspicuous. But they mm-hmm. come in, in many different shapes and sizes. Speaking um, of Jewel, you'll hear mm-hmm. us probably say Jewel many times throughout this episode. If you're not familiar, Jewel is one of the biggest brands of e-cigarettes. You might have even seen billboards or commercials for Jewel. It's just one of these types of solutions if you're looking to vaporize liquid with nicotine in it. Right. And we should say um, that the more popular term for e-cigarette or electronic cigarette nowadays is vaping mm-hmm. or vapes, right? Yeah. And they could also be called uh, vape pens, mods, or tank systems. The last term is really for when people go in and modify these things, which people do. And like you said, they can resemble, they can either resemble a normal cigarette, they can look like a little USB flash drive like Juul does. Mm-hmm. They can be, they can be small, they can be large. There's really no confinement to how the thing can look. Right. So before we talk about what's in it and what it can do to you, can you tell us where they came from? Yes, I can, Raphael. Perfect. So, uh, oddly enough, vapes or e-cigarettes were invented by a Chinese pharmacist in 2003 whose father died from smoking complications. Huh. Interesting. So the initial you know, reason why they were invented is to not have people suffer the same complications that they do when they're smoking. Uh, normal cigarettes, as we all know, that can lead to lung cancer, as well as cardiovascular uh, issues and mm-hmm. a host of other of other problems. When they first came out, they were marketed to smokers as being less harmful, more affordable, and helpful in relieving tobacco cravings and other withdrawal symptoms that you might experience if you're suddenly, you know, if you suddenly stop smoking. And they were marketed marketed as being potentially helpful in smoking cessation, as well as relapse prevention. Now. That was marketing that then and now doesn't really have any rigorous large studies behind it. Mm -hmm. So there's no large, well-designed studies proving that e-cigarette use leads to a reduction in smoking or even a reduction in 
the effects of smoking, like cancer and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And you can argue that that might be because it just hasn't been studied for long enough to see if it prevents those things. Mm -hmm. But uh, nonetheless, at this time, you know, if anyone tells you that these things have been proven to improve smoking cessation or prevent cancer, uh, that's not true. An important thing to say is that these things are a huge success. There's a reason why you're seeing billboards on the road, ads in magazines, even at one point ads on TVs. I'm not sure if they're still allowed to do that, to be quite honest, but there was a time when you were seeing vape ads on television. And to give you, I'm going to give you some numbers. All right. You, you like numbers, Raph? Uh, I hate numbers, but let's hear well, it. too bad. They're going to come at you hard and fast oh, God, right here now. We go. Here we go. So a recent report by Huang et al. showed a 16% increase in annual retail sales of e-cigarettes between 2015 and 2016. That's from $775 million to $896 million. Sales increased again from 2016 to 2017 by a huge 47%, almost 50%. So that's pushing these things into the billion-dollar market. Wow. They made uh, $1.3 billion. Wow. Yeah. So $1.3 billion in sales in 2017. And uh, by 2025, it's going to be an $86 billion market. Think about that. That's that is absolutely, freaking. yeah, that's an insane amount of money. Yeah. It, vaping has become so popular that the Oxford English Dictionary uh, named vape word of the year really? in 2014. Yes, I, sir. I had no idea. <laughs> so vape is now a word. Vape is now a, a uh, both a noun and a verb. Mm, um, yeah. True. So there are other reports that show that vaping is kind of permeating into society in places where we wouldn't necessarily want it to be. So in 2016, a report showed that 4.3% of middle school students, almost 5% of middle school students, are using this stuff. And 11.3% of high school students. Another study showed that the prevalence of use among 8th graders was up to 17.5%. And then 29% for 10th graders. Yet another study showed that uh, the highest use was noted among high school students. And the CDC has looked into this. And they're showing that basically all the numbers that they're getting are just showing that this, you know, it's an upward trend. And over time, it's, right. it's becoming more and more prevalent. It's really reaching um, almost, I, I don't want to say epidemic levels, but I'm sure certain people are thinking of it in that way. Right. So now that I've kind of given you some background on this whole phenomenon, can you tell me what the Dickens is in that liquid that these teens are going crazy for? So I can tell you what's definitely in it. And then the rest of it, we don't know, which is kind of scary. Mm -hmm. So what's not in it is tobacco. The main active ingredient in the liquid, the reason you're smoking it is nicotine. So just like cigarettes contain nicotine from tobacco, this just has pure nicotine. Do you know where, where they derive the nicotine from? Is it from tobacco or is it like synthesized or is it, I don't know. I actually don't know. They probably can get it from wherever they want. Yeah. I, I don't know where the cheapest place they get it from. Nicotine is found in tobacco, but it's also found in other plants of the nightshade family. So actually mm -hmm. potatoes, eggplant, tomatoes, they all actually have some level of nicotine in them. Oh, man. So I don't know okay. what the cheapest source of nicotine is. But the main ingredient or the active ingredient is nicotine. But then it's also floating around in this liquid that you, you burn or vaporize to create the smoke that you inhale. Mm -hmm. And the main ingredients of that liquid is 
either propylene glycol or glycerol. Sounds bad. Yeah, propylene glycol is in a lot of foods and other things that we consume. Okay. Does it have any bad effects in and of itself? Well, yeah, that doesn't mean that it's necessarily healthy. There's some evidence that propylene glycol, especially in this form where you're inhaling it, can cause bronchitis. Mm. Can lead to asthma, hay fever, eczema. However, it does not show any uh, evidence of being a carcinogen or or genotoxic. In other words, it doesn't show any evidence of leading to cancer or in some other way affecting your DNA. However, it can lead to some other issues, as, as I mentioned, mainly breathing problems, problems with your skin, things like that. You've just described, Dr. Koira, what's in the capsules of liquid that these large companies sell to you officially. What you haven't described is that e-cigarettes or vapes can be used to vaporize and ingest other things, such mm-hmm. as liquid THC, bath salts, flocca, hash oil, synthetic marijuana, and other psychedelics. And as we'll talk about a little bit later, that kind of use or misuse is also happening at a somewhat alarming rate. So I think we should talk about the health effects of all of the different compounds that are found in e-cigarettes. And let's start with nicotine. Okay. So like we said before, nicotine is found in a lot of plants like tomatoes, potatoes, eggplants, Mm -hmm. and it works primarily in the body as a stimulant. Okay. Which by definition means it can increase alertness, attention, working memory, motor skills. But at the same time, it has a lot of undesirable effects, such as increasing anxiety, tachycardia, high blood pressure, nausea, vomiting, headache, dizziness, sleep changes, like weird dreams or interrupted sleep patterns. Mm -hmm. So nicotine is a a very powerful drug in and of Mm -hmm. itself. And so what's interesting to me is that those side effects that you mentioned not only are side effects of the drug itself. So in other words, if you ingest too much nicotine and your body isn't used to it, you're going to experience these things, anxiety, tachycardia, hypertension. If you are withdrawing from cigarettes, you're also going to potentially experience those things as well. Right. Which is uh, interesting and scary for people who are truly addicted to them. Yeah. Actually, nicotine withdrawal can in itself cause depression, anxiety, irritability, changes in focus, and changes in sleep. Mm -hmm. So the reason nicotine is so addictive like any other really addictive substance, is because it highly activates the reward pathway. The reward pathway being the um, the one starting with the nucleus accumbens, the ones that we've talked about in previous episodes? Exactly. If you are curious about that, I'm sure you can delve into our prior catalog and really learn everything there is to know about the, the reward, the pleasure-reward pathway in your brain. So nicotine in and of itself has some harmful effects. It can give you heart disease, which means it can cause a heart attack or a stroke. On the other hand, we prescribe nicotine already in the form of smoking cessation, nicotine lozenges, nicotine patches. I actually forgot that. Like my brain didn't make that connection and I was very terrified for a minute. I was like, what is he talking about? But uh, yes, we definitely do. (laughs) Exactly. And we're telling you how bad it is. And then we're also telling you that we prescribe it which kind of Mm -hmm. opens up really what the debate about e-cigarettes is all about, which is that we know from our research that nicotine in the form that we prescribe it, like in patches or in lozenges, it's exponentially safer than nicotine in the form of cigarettes. Yes. Well, you're certainly not uh, smoking it, so it's not going to cause lung cancer. It may still have effects otherwise. Yeah. So nicotine probably doesn't cause cancer. The reason I say probably is there is some research that shows that it can function as a tumor promoter, 
but no research has made a link between nicotine itself and cancer. Got it. Nicotine could possibly be a teratogen, which means it has effects on a fetus if you consume nicotine when you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. Particularly in a fetus, it can cause diabetes, um, obesity, high blood pressure, behavioral changes, mm -hmm. respiratory changes, infertility. Mm -hmm. So nicotine in every, any form should be avoided during pregnancy. Mm -hmm. One thing about nicotine specific to us and our patients is that the prevalence of cigarette smoke is much higher in patients with psychotic disorders like schizophrenia than the general population. Why is that? There's a couple reasons. I'll yeah. say one thing. So cigarette smoking induces a certain enzyme in your liver in the CYP system. I believe it's CYP2A1. If this enzyme is induced, as cigarette smoking does, the medications that we give for schizophrenia and other psychotic disorders, it metabolizes those drugs more quickly. And then those drugs are cleared from your system more quickly. So if you are a patient who's taking some of these medications, and maybe for one reason or another you don't like them, these are kind of heavy-hitting medications, they can have side effects, you may find that just by smoking, the effects of the medications are reduced. Right. And in, in plenty of our patients, you know, this is a way, whether they know it or not, that they're kind of reducing the potency of the medications that we prescribe. Right. But there are other reasons. So yeah, that's what I always, you know, think of is mm -hmm. for whatever reason, they don't want to feel the effects of the medication they're on. And that's why they're kind of impulsively smoking, whether they realize it or not, because it makes the effects go away. Sure. But doing research for this episode, I found out something I didn't know, which is that in schizophrenia, there's an abnormality in a particular nicotinic receptor, that A7 receptor. And that receptor is involved in filtering auditory information. So schizophrenia uh, and other psychotic disorders, you know, the, the most classic feature is hearing voices or mm -hmm. auditory hallucinations. And so there's a thought that one of the reasons patients with psychotic disorders smoke so much is because they're trying to treat the actual symptoms of schizophrenia. They're trying to regulate those nicotinic receptors that are contributing to their illness. So if you take those, it's interesting, if you take those two effects together, you know, what a patient with schizophrenia who's smoking a lot might experience is a reduction in some of the side effects of the medications that we prescribe. A lot of these medications are somewhat sedating, so they'll feel less sedated. And the effect of the medication that they might be sacrificing for that purpose is augmented by the nicotine itself. So even though the medication is less effective, yeah. you know, they're they're still not experiencing the auditory hallucinations as much yeah. because of what you've just described. Potentially, but that's not it's not proven. You know, mm. this is just like we know that the this nicotinic receptor plays a role in auditory hallucinations and auditory processing, but we don't know exactly mm. how it works. Sure. So we obviously wouldn't recommend you know, nicotine to our patients. It's, that's what we yeah. don't just prescribe nicotine patches to every patient mm -hmm. that has a psychotic disorder. Of course. Now, so you've told me, Raph, about the effects of nicotine, but we just earlier we were talking about how nicotine isn't the only thing in these uh, in these e-cigarettes. Does propylene glycol have any have any long lasting effect? We don't know for sure. They're mm. gen it's generally considered safe for human consumption, so it's in a lot of things, especially in the levels that it's in certain foods or certain things that we consume 
so like we said before, there's there's some evidence that it can cause uh, symptoms similar to chronic bronchitis, mm-hmm. which you get from, you know, smoking cigarettes typically. So just generally speaking, it sounds like the adverse health effects of, of e-cigarettes is kind of a black box at this point. Right. Is, is that accurate? Yeah, absolutely. And there are also other compounds in there. Mm-hmm. Research has shown that there's compounds that cause cancer found in certain e-cigarettes. Mm-hmm. So we don't know exactly what's in there. Some of those substances that you talked about earlier that we know can lead to cancer, carbon monoxide, tar, depending on what type of juice you're buying or from what um, manufacturer, you know, those can be in there too. And one of the things that I wanted to bring up, one of the things that I mentioned earlier is that using e-cigarettes as intended by the manufacturer carries some risks that we've already described. But Something else to know is that there is this concerning trend of vaping psychoactive drugs uh, with these same cigarettes. So taking these same e-cigs, the jewels, you know, so on and so forth that you can you can buy and using them to smoke anything from cannabis to cocaine. When you kind of look at all those things together and you look at the fact that there's no long term studies showing that they can help reduce reduce smoking right exactly you really start to wonder you know what are the benefits of these things so i think overall i mean it's relatively safe to say that e-cigarettes at least in their unadulterated form Mm -hmm. are safer than smoking cigarettes traditional cigarettes themselves Mm -hmm. because theoretically they have fewer compounds Mm -hmm. that can give you cancer heart attacks or whatever but Exactly like you're saying, we don't know for sure that they can make people stop smoking. Mm-hmm. So we can't really recommend people to to smoke e-cigarettes to try to stop smoking. Sure. In sure. theory, in theory, it makes sense. You know, it seems like it would work. Mm-hmm. It's it's relatively safer than smoking cigarettes. You smoke this instead. But they've, mm-hmm. they've done plenty of studies and none of them show that it makes people stop smoking. And actually, exactly. in kids, there's a thought that increases smoking, that it kind of acts like a gateway drug. Speaking of, you know, e-cigarettes being used almost as a gateway drug, going a little bit more into uh, how they can be misused, not only will they, in the form that they are when you purchase them, not only can they function just that way as a device that can vaporize any substance, but mm-hmm. they can also be modified in plenty of different ways. You like modifying things. You're just showing... <laughs> just... Modifying things. Yeah. I like modifying computers. Yeah, and exactly. You know, when you're talking about modifying computers, there's a whole subculture online of forums and so on and so forth of people who are talking about, you know, the best ways to get the most performance out of your computer. It's the exact same way with e-cigarettes. People are using them to liquefy and vaporize even solid drugs like just solid um, marijuana. And they're they're doing this by uh, modifying them with something called a dry herb coil head which is a type of, a different type of atomizer which can be used to vaporize herbs just directly. Along with that, you can you can vaporize anything. You can vaporize methamphetamine, cocaine, heroin, bath salts. And speaking of those forums, you know, there are a couple of big ones out there. You might have a patient or someone you know talk about forums like Blue Light, Party Vibe, Arrowweed, which is actually a a forum that doesn't just talk about e-cigarettes. Arrowweed is a very notorious forum where they talk about illicit substance use of all different types. And the Drug Buyer's Guide Forum, now these all provide information about 
how to obtain e-cigarettes, the feasibility of modifying them to vaporize different substances, exactly how you can modify them, so on and so forth. Going along with this, a study conducted by the National Center on Addiction and Substance Abuse in 2010 showed that there was a direct correlation between smoking and the use of other drugs. And uh, I th- we, you've already mentioned that briefly in, you know, in today's episode. And, you know, in addition to that, so in addition to e-cigarettes being used as almost like a gateway drug, which is obviously dangerous, there are other concerns, especially if you're modifying these things. Mm-hmm. Burns, projectile injuries, not intentional, accidental exposure to some of these substances, either on your skin or elsewhere. People modify these things to the extent where they do explode because you just essentially have a coil that's being heated up in maybe a uh, jerry-rigged housing that maybe you've changed or modified. So in addition to the very real threats that come with abusing drugs, there are these more physical injuries that do occur often with these things. So this happens? These things blow up like in people's faces? Oh, yeah. Well, people on these forums, especially on uh, Arrowweed and Blue Light, People on these forums brag about sub-ohming these uh, coils. What does that mean? And it just means that you're you're essentially making these coils work harder than they should be working so that you can vaporize more matter quickly. People are bragging that, you know, their homebrewed rig can atomize X amount of weed in X amount of time. But as, like with any electronic device, as you demand more of it and as the heat goes up, you know, the potential for failure increases and explosions and so on and so forth. You'll see people in vape shops carrying these giant devices that look like something out of a science fiction film. And that's probably because they might have started with something small like hmm. a jewel. And then they've added on, you know, this thing that they got from a hardware store and that thing that they got from, you know, like a plumbing, like that's nuts. some plumbing fittings that, that they found crazy. somewhere. And uh, these things really get dangerous quick. So, Raph, we just gave our listeners a lot of information on e-cigarettes, and it's kind of a new thing. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot to know, and there's a lot we don't know. So what are the top five things that people can take away from this podcast and carry with them in everyday life that'll help them understand e-cigarettes a little bit better? The first thing is we don't have enough evidence to recommend the use of e-cigarettes. The second thing is e-cigarettes can have health effects such as cardiovascular disease and cancer. Number three, we think the health effects of e-cigarettes are less than the health effects of traditional cigarettes. Number four, the vast majority of the evidence we have shows that e-cigarettes are not useful with regards to smoking cessation or smoking reduction, and they are not FDA approved for that use. And number five, and the most important tip, if you're not already smoking e-cigarettes, don't start. It's not cool. You don't look cooler. Yeah, we swear. <laughs> we like to end every episode by saying you don't need to suffer alone, whether you're struggling with smoking cessation or whether it's something different, anxiety, depression, you know, help is out there, whether or not you have insurance. So reach out through your insurance company. If you don't have insurance, reach out through Psychology Today. Go to your local university hospital there are usually free resources available there regardless of what you're struggling with the other thing that we like to say is that you know we're still getting this wonderful podcast off the ground so leaving a five-star review on itunes or on the podcast app of your choice 
is hugely helpful to us. If you liked what you heard today and you thought you learned something, you can also share it with someone who you think might find it beneficial. So that was the Psychiatrist's Guide to E-Cigarettes. Until next time. Adios. Peace. Peace.